and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, I interview Amanda Broadway. She was the Director of Marketing and Sales for the Dodgers and White Sox Spring Training Facility in Arizona and has worked for both baseball and the PGA. Since moving to Florida and starting her family, she decided that she needed more flexibility than the corporate world offers and chose to start her own business. Founded in December 2016, she is now the proud owner of LifeSquire Gulf Coast. LifeSquire offers personal assistant and organizational services for both personal and professional needs. Starting your own business is never easy. And in today's episode, Amanda shares with us her blessings and learning curves of her first year in business. Let's get into the episode. Welcome, Amanda, to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. Hey, Denise. It is such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I would love for our audience just to get to know you a little bit. Tell us a bit about your story. Sure, absolutely. So similar to yourself, I am originally from Michigan. I grew up in the Kalamazoo area, um, went to high school there. Then after that, went to college at the University of Michigan, go blue. And from there on, kind of started my career in a corporate world, more sports focused, uh, very time demanding, a few other corporate jobs. And then bounced around to a few different states and eventually ended up where I am now. So I am in Bradenton, Florida and live here with my husband of 12 years and our two boys, which are five and two. Awesome. We do have similar stories. I've <laughs> been in Michigan this whole time. <laughs> yeah. But my husband and I have been married for 11 years and we have two little boys as well. And I know that you worked in several corporate positions, but at some point you said, you know what, I want to be my own boss and I want to control my own time. So tell us a little bit how you went through that transition. Sure. Well, Denise, probably similar to you and a lot of your listening audience. When we started a family, it became more about being a cohesive unit as opposed to kind of going after my own corporate goals. So I realized that I needed a schedule that had more flexibility. But at the same time, you know, I didn't want to give up who I was and who I looked for in terms of what what my path was going to be. So once we got to Florida and started a family, I decided that I needed to pursue an opportunity where I could have a flexible schedule and kind of make my own hours, but still be passionate about what I was doing, which led me down the road to entrepreneurship. I really do love the fact that being your own boss allows you to be a full-time mom when you want to be a mom. When it's time to pick kids up from school and things, we can do that. But then also, we still have our own sense of self, our own personal goals, our own growth opportunities. So tell us a bit about the business that you currently own. Sure. So I currently own a franchise called LifeSquire Gulf Coast. And what we do is it's a personal assistance business that caters both to people in their home and in their work environment. So myself and my staff can do anything from grocery shopping to laundry to helping you with data entry to writing your thank you notes after Christmas for those corporate gifts, anything in that whole realm. 
that basically at the end of the day, you don't have time for because you have other priorities in your life. And so you're willing to make that shift to say, I'm going to let go of some of these things that someone else can do so that I have more time for what's important to me. Awesome. So you basically are the right-hand man for a lot of people's success. Hey, I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) So a franchise, that is a bit different than what we're used to, which is direct sales or network marketing. Tell us a bit about how you get a franchise started. Sure. So this opportunity came to fruition when I was reading Entrepreneur Magazine and saw LifeSquire listed as one of the top franchises that you haven't heard of yet, but you will. So when I say franchise, I just, you know, there is still a lot of autonomy because it is a very new franchise. And basically I was the second location on board. So it, it, you know, basically it was reaching out to the franchisee and meeting with her, kind of figuring out what their values were, what their corporate culture looked like and see how that aligned with me. And what really appealed to me about this, Denise, was that I wanted to have my own business But at the same time, because I'm not very familiar with this whole world, it was nice to have somewhat of a structure already in place to learn from. Awesome. So the franchise, from what I've learned in talking to you outside of this interview, is that you do actually get to work from home. So tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Working from home is great. Once again, going back to being a mom when you want to, but also being able to focus on your business when you want to. You know, I basically work my hours from after I drop the boys off at daycare. And then if there are things that come up during the day, because I am involved in church and volunteer opportunities, I have that time to fit in my work schedule when I need to, but at the same time, be able to fit in other priorities in my life. Awesome. I love that. Now, I know that growing any sort of business in the first few years can be a huge learning curve, especially (laughs) if it's something you've never done before. What would you say has been your biggest hurdle this year? Okay, I will totally say this equates to having your first baby. No matter what you read, no matter how much you think you know, when you go into a business, it typically takes more time, energy, and money than you think. But you know, I don't want to dissuade anyone from doing it because at the same time, there are so many more benefits to it as well. So those have been some of the hurdles that I've experienced. And then also, you know, as we've discussed in these, I think you just really have to be intentional if you are going to have staff about the time and commitment and passion that you put into them. Because at the end of the day, because I am in a service-based industry, they're the best representation of you and your business. So I would say looking back, you know, I kind of rushed into hiring staff and maybe didn't fully vet them or didn't put enough into them. And moving forward, you know, I just think that that is a really big growing area for me is just, you know, loving on them and making sure that they feel fully confident in what they're doing, because then that will show through to the clients, which is ultimately our end goal to make them happy. Yeah. So it's interesting because you purchased the franchise, you're the CEO of your own business, you're your own boss, but yet you do have staff other people who are you hire to be personal assistants uh, that work basically underneath you. So you're building a team of your own of other personal assistants. And so when you get started in something like this, I think we don't really realize the impact that we have on the staff itself and that not everybody is internally motivated like we are or 110% committed. And so we have to help grow that within them, help light their fire 
where they see the vision for the company just as passionately as we do. Tell us a few ways that you've practiced this or grown in this area over the past year. Sure. I would say very, very basic, you know, is that you can't assume just because you know how to do something or something is important to you, that that is something, you know, basic skill set that someone else might know. Just always start at the beginning. Here's a, a prime example is I sent out a new assistant to a client's house and she called me and said on her way to the post office and said, I've never been to the post office before. How do I mail a package? You know, and she's 20 years old and this wasn't a skill that she had done before. But here and I thought that everybody knew how to mail a package. So I guess, you know, the whole point of that story is that you can never be too sure of where you need to start. You know, start at the beginning. I would recommend having a standing operating procedure in place. So that you, you know, can replicate if you are going to have staff doing it the right way and being thorough each time and then following up. So when I first started the business, you know, I kind of just said, okay, here you go, guys. You know, the world is your oyster. Whereas I learned quickly that, you know, even though this is a business where you're out doing your own thing, it's great to still have that teamwork and camaraderie in a weekly meeting, in, you know, weekly group texts and just touching base, even if it's just like, Hey, great job. You know, we got this compliment from this client. Um, Hey, you know, so-and-so could use help today. Is anybody available? Just even if you aren't in an office environment with staff every day, knowing that you are a team, you know, I think that is something that I've learned really is beneficial moving forward. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Over communicating, being like extra clear and especially when we walk into a situation where we think doesn't everybody know this I, <laughs> I love that starting at the beginning begin with a and being loud about successes and recognition sure people do thrive in a place where they feel valued and so to being loud about successes not only impacts the person who you're praising but also impacts everybody else because you think of this is a silly example too, but you think of the kindergarten class where the teacher says, thank you so much for Susie who's raising her hand politely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. Yeah. And also the same way. So I love that you're using recognition to... And just a little side note, Denise, on yeah, that go ahead. is um, something that we've also started to incorporate is doing a personality test like the um, you know love languages or just figuring out what makes someone tick. Because some people, you know, will thrive on just recognition, whereas someone else, it might be a small gift or token. So, you know, I think knowing who you're working with and being able to play up their strengths and make them feel confident about what they're doing also is huge. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great. And then following up, even with your current team. Now, I know you're constantly looking for more people, you're hiring, but yet you're also building a community within the current team that you have, which means following up and asking questions and being loud within that community. Now, that's been a growing pain, I guess, over <laughs> the past year. Tell us your favorite part of growing your, your business. I love, Denise, the fact that I have met so many new people this past year. I think when you take on ownership of any type of business, Ultimately, you want it to succeed and your local community is a great place to start, be it a service-based business or a, you know, internet-based business because 
you're always going to find camaraderie and people that you can see and actually touch and have coffee with. And I think right from the get-go, I realized that I needed to become more involved in the community. I've had my social groups. I've had my church group, you know, my volunteer groups, but it's a pretty tight knit bubble and you just have to go outside of your comfort zone and meet new people if you ultimately want to grow your business. So this past year, I've joined quite a few organizations. I really like our local chamber. We have this program called Leadership Manatee, which has just been a really great way to become more involved and learn more about the community. Um, A few different networking and women's groups and meeting other women entrepreneurs has just been a blessing in itself to know that there are other people going through the same struggles, having the same successes, and you know that we can recognize and be a family together in ourselves. So the local chamber of commerce is a great place to start. How else have you met these entrepreneurial women or other people who are like-minded? I also think social media is a great place at least to start off because you will find a lot of different groups even through that. You know, typically you can find in a women's entrepreneurial group. There's groups under a header called Meetup. There's locally we have one called SWAT, which is Successful Women Aligning Together, um, BNI. There's a lot of different opportunities, I would say. And your chamber, I think, is a good, you know, like honing ground to kind of be a resource to find other groups as well. So I would say between social media and just checking your local chamber and then just talking with other women that you know have their own businesses, typically you'll be able to at least start a base and then kind of grow from there. Now, is this something you do one time? (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) I see you smiling because you know the answer to that. If you go to a meeting one time and never show up again, they're going to say, who was that one girl we saw? Oh, she had a really great idea, but then we never saw her again. So it definitely takes consistency. You know, some of these groups that I'm involved in meet weekly, some are monthly, you know, and there's all different times of the day. There's coffee clubs, there's after hours. So going back to the whole point of why a lot of women start a business is to have that flexibility in your schedule. So I think if you say, Oh, I can't fit these networkings into my day. You just have to find, pick and choose the ones that work with your schedule. You know, I think it's so true. If your mouth isn't open, neither is your business. And when you go to social events, it really makes a difference to talk about your business. When I yes. first started with my business, I was a bit shy. And so I would go to a meeting and I would be like, Hey, everyone, my name is Peace. <laughs> And I'm a clinical psychologist and I kind of sell wraps on the side. (laughs) But it sounds like you're going there with the intention to grow your network, to build your business. So tell me how you incorporate your business into your conversations. Sure. I feel the very same way, Denise. I don't go in like guns blazing, like, hey, can I go home and do your laundry? You know, because you don't want to be that pushy salesperson in any type of environment. I really have just enjoyed growing, as cliche as it sounds, my friend network. And then because these women become my friends, some of them have become clients. But at the same time, they'll also be like, Hey, you know, I have a friend that this service would be perfect for. So obviously, don't go into a networking event just only talking about yourself and your business. You know, like there's a happy medium where people love to talk about themselves. And then they'll, you know, and then they'll say, Hey, and what do you do? And 
I, I think there's just the opportunity, especially in networking events that you go to in person to kind of have that give and take to find what other people are doing and develop a relationship and work what you're doing into that same conversation. Yes. So you're going there intentionally working your business, which means you do want to talk about your business. But I also hear you saying that you're asking questions. You're getting to know them because at the end of the day, you're building your network, which means your friends list. And then you're asking for referrals or referrals are just coming naturally because they're starting to see the value that you add to other people. Very true. Yes. Awesome. So Tell us a little bit more um, if there's anything else that we have missed in terms of the importance of growing your network, building your community, and how that has grown your business this year. I think another area that we haven't really touched upon is following up with your clients. And because you know this is a relatively tight-knit community, that is another huge funnel for additional sales is... If you're delivering good service to your client and they're raving to you about it, you know, nudge them to potentially talk about it to their friends or in their social media as well. Um, it definitely, once again, doesn't need to feel pushy. You can just, most of the pe- people, if you're doing something nice for them, they want to do something nice for you. And it's not a huge ask to say, Hey, if you could just do a post on this or, if you could tell your neighbor or can I go talk to your neighbor? We've had a lot of success. Probably the most success from getting new referrals is from the clients being happy and then passing that along to their friends and networks. You know, it is really true. When you're providing value to people, they do want to help. And you're excited to spread the message and get the word out to anyone and everyone. So it isn't a big ask to say, hey, can you tag me in a post? Yeah. Can you connect me to your neighbors? Can you, you know, that that do you can you think of anybody that would benefit because I would love to follow up with them? And as silly as it sounds, they might not think to do it on their own. Yeah. But when you ask, a few dozen people come to their mind. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, it's not there are referral programs in place. But I would say if there's just something little or extra you could do, because typically the assistants know the client and know what their favorite Starbucks is or, you know, what their favorite snack is. So just a little like, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. Here's a little something extra to say thank you. You know, I think that goes a long way. Absolutely. So what words of wisdom do you have for somebody who is wanting to start their own business or go in a new direction that you think would be helpful? I would say definitely have a plan in place when you get started. Make sure, you know, this is going to sound very Dave Ramsey-ish, but if you are going to leave a corporate job, make sure you have a plan in place and the finances in place to know where you're at when you get started. If you jump into a plan with, you know, or I guess if you jump in headfirst into something with no plan, the results aren't going to be as great as if you thought it through. And the first year, I'm not sure that I had all my ducks in a row. But with time, things are lining up. And so also don't get discouraged. To your point, Denise, the first year, there are a lot of ups and downs. And it's a big learning curve. So, you know, just have a plan in place. Keep working at it. And, you know, it will come. You're doing this for a reason. You want to have that flexibility to spend more time with your family and just keep that end goal in mind in if you have motivation and determination, it will come for you. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of messy action. You know, there's <laughs> just 
getting started and figuring it out along the way. (laughs) And when you have a plan, you simply can just execute the plan. You know, you you have your clear vision of what you're working towards and you have the steps to get there and then you can make adjustments as you learn them. Exactly. So what is one thing to end today? What is one thing that you would, that you do every day that you couldn't live without? I love having the time in the morning to enjoy my family. The fact that I don't need to rush my children out the door at 6 a.m. so I can drive an hour to Tampa to work a corporate job just means the world to me. You know, we have, I wouldn't call it leisurely because as you know, two boys in the morning is definitely not leisurely. But, you know, we can eat breakfast, we can watch a cartoon together, and then we can go to school. So that time just, it just makes my whole day. So I wouldn't change that for the world. Mm. That brings tears to my eyes because when you're having a hard time with an employee or you're wanting more referrals or business is slower at Christmas or something happens, right? When you have the ups and downs, when you've got that picture in your mind of why you are doing this, you push through, don't you? Absolutely. (laughs) I know. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing a bit of your wisdom today. And can you remind us again, what is your business and where can we find you? Sure. So the business is LifeSquire Gulf Coast and we are on social media and also at LifeSquire.com. Thank you, Amanda, so much for your time today. We so appreciate learning from you. Thank you so much for listening in today. And please remember to comment and leave a review. It so helps us get this information out there. And no matter where you are in your business or life goals, I recommend getting involved in your community. As you grow your friends list, you will also grow your opportunity list because you never know who you will meet, who they know, and how you can mutually benefit each other. So have an amazing day. And remember to dream big.